Welcome to Nump Phil's Fan Podcast, episode number 259. I'm your host today, David J. Palermo, and with me regularly has been Ben Gramado, and he's back. Uh, you want to say hi, Ben, to the fans? Hey, how's it going today? And Dave, it's been a little bit, but pretty some pretty uh, exciting news coming out this past week, uh, you know. And uh, I'm excited to, you know, dive into it and get into it a little bit more uh, on the show today. Yeah, totally, man. Um, I guess a lot of Bills fans have been crying this week. Stephon Diggs has been re-signed. Pretty much four years, $70 million guaranteed. If you want any information about contracts, um, you know, I would just click it right over to spottrack.com that's s-p-o-t-r-a-c.com and um you know 2022 they lock him up this year and i mean i think it's a huge thing for josh allen and uh his dead cap if they caught him this year would be 56 million six hundred ninety seven thousand two hundred and twenty two dollars the year after that i always look at dead cap anyways is $45,466,000. The year after that, year three, which would be 2024, his dead cap would be 25700000 k And year 25, unless they, you know, uh, there's a potential out in 2025 here, it says, Ben, for three years, $68 million, or 18-2 dead cap, which would be for 2025. And then from there, it's 10-7 dead cap in 2026, 3-2 in 2027. But for me, Ben, and I'm going to spit it back to you after this point, um, I'd love for you to go and review his career a little bit because I've been in a fog. And frankly, the way Bean acquired him, I can't argue with. And Bean just breaks the system for me because I was told this is how we do things and Yada, yada, yada. And I'm just not used to a, a, a coach, a general manager, and a ownership that's used to trading away for players. And frankly, um, I look at this thing and I these contracts and I scroll over the last three years on purpose of this quote-unquote six-year deal because I look at it like it's going to be renegotiated in 2025, 2026 anyways. And by that point, Ben, you mentioned to me over the phone, he's going to be very affordable. So I'd like to spit it back to you because being trading for him was the best offensive move and signing him, I would argue that next year franchise quarterback was the biggest signing that Bean has ever had on offense. And frankly, these are the most impactful signings on why I throw shade at why the fuck is the pie chart seem to be like, 60 to 70% defense. Actually, I mean 70 to 80% defense, you know? So, Ben, what do you think about this signing? If you could give us a review on college, sure, I mean, what you like about him coming in, you know, the pick that they gave up for him, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, if I was to give a grade just for the trade and the extension overall, it would be an A+. Plus. I mean, you mentioned it, the Bills really didn't, spend a lot of dough on offense. And then they drafted Josh Allen and, you know, they realized, hey, 
we got to do something about this receiving position. And what they did is they brought in John Brown, who was a very reliable veteran receiver, you know, great route runner, some speed, and he possessed some skills. And they saw what, you know, John Brown did to Josh Allen his second year. And Bean was like, well, imagine if I had a more reliable receiving option, someone who Josh can rely on constantly and the problem with Diggs in Minnesota it was you know him and Kirk Cousins obviously didn't work out Kirk wasn't feeding him the ball and he he just wanted a fresh start in his press conference after he signed the extension he said he felt like Buffalo was home and he wants to retire here I mean if a player that good and who's had such a role to this team the Bills, they were a playoff team without Stephon Diggs. You know, they had Josh Allen. They had Cole Beasley. They had some other players. But th- what they were missing was a player like Stephon Diggs who can get open basically whenever he wants to. Um, he has one of the highest win rates against single coverage in the NFL. And basically, if if you're going to try to single cover Stephon Diggs, you're just asking, uh, you know, to have your number one corner to be beat. Don't leave him out on an island. We, we see every week, I mean, J.C. Jackson had such a, a great, you know, end of the season last year. And everyone was saying, oh, Mr. INT. And then the Bills went into New England. And what did Stephon Diggs do? He, he, you know, went off. He had the only, the first receiving touchdown against JC Jackson of the season. And then uh, he had that viral meme uh, where like he, you know, the one where, where like, Everyone on Twitter was like saying, "Did Dig say to the fan, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know that one? Like that play. I mean, that play was JC was Stephon Diggs, and there was multiple other times that game and in the playoffs as well. JC Jackson cannot guard Stephon Diggs. I mean, neither did can Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore got burned uh, by Stephon Diggs, uh, like." the week before in that Carolina game. Uh, we actually were watching that game uh, together. You had that amazing uh, salad at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, don't that. fucking get me going about Buffalo Trash Hall. That fucking place sucks, dude. I've had so many bad experiences there. You know I was at Buffalo Wild Wings for the infamous Cleveland Browns game, 6-3? Uh, I mean, if... I was at Buffalo Wild Wings for that game. I would never go back to Buffalo Wild Wings again because six to three. Yeah, I know. And then I got to see McDermott this year uh, have the same game against the Patriots game one. So, anyways, Ben, let me cut in here before we go, before you dive into his college career and the draft pick given up for in the first rounder. So, here's the deal. Um, I was, to, to, to new listeners here, I, I feel like I repeat myself, but, again, I have three listeners. So, um I, I was always very critical about Brandon being coming in um, because I fucking hate fluff. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And Brandon being this year, he has knocked it out of the park for me because I've accepted this is Monopoly money. Now, 
the public relations and has a job which is called cleanup crew, which is the media for the Bills. Okay, but I will say if there's one thing that the Bills have done is they've gotten the chess game back when you got Stefan Dix. You can argue, and I said this to you too, Ben, for since we've met. Stefan Diggs makes this team. No Stefan Diggs. There's, you know, and, and there's there's people out there that will say Josh Allen didn't have deep ball accuracy. Look at the numbers. No, we talked about it many times. The Patriots game two years ago, not the playoff year, the year before that, uh, so three seasons ago, he was told not to throw it deep, dude. It was clear. He stopped, and every time he did, it was overthrown. And that's, you know. Was was that the home Patriots game you're referring to? I believe that was the away Patriots game. Because I thought the away Patriots game, he threw that deep ball to John Brown. He had that, you remember, when, when they burned Gilmore? And he also threw a bomb to Knox right before halftime when he threw the touchdown to, to Dawkins. Like, the Bills were actually in that game for, for much of that game. If that's – I don't – I'm not sure. I was at a wedding, but it was his multiple interception game. Was it the same game? Uh, I think that was. I think that would have been the first game they played the Patriots when he ended up getting knocked out with a concussion that game. Okay, so what I'm getting at is whatever game I was it at was, that game, by the way. So whatever, because I wonder. If, I don't feel like I missed the game for the wedding. Maybe I did. Because um, my point to you is, when Brian Dable says "use your fucking head" and a GIF, that means. Uh, we're not doing something now, okay? And then when Brian Dable leaves the Bills, maybe I'm tying something not together, but, like, when things happen at the combine where they go, hey, you know, some assistants don't get along with the way McDermott works shit, the, the ship, you know, all of a sudden Josh Allen can throw deep. Now, no, Josh Allen's strength was throwing deep out of college, and it always has been. So it's not to the mainstream media some newfound thing that Diggs made this happen. No. If anything, Diggs allowed the offense to come together. Like he unlocked the offense. You needed, Ben, you needed that chess piece. And here's Diggs. This dude, if you like Stevie Johnson, imagine a dude who can get deep and and just, he doesn't have the top end speed. And we were talking pre-roll here. Man, I was just watching the highlights of Stefan Diggs again. And I'm just like, how is he taught? How was he not talked about as good as DeAndre Hopkins? I, I, like, Honestly, he- I'll say part of it is anti-Bills bias. It's like the same thing with Josh Allen. It's like you look at ESPN, you even look at pro football focus. Who's the best team in the AFC right now? They leave the Bills out of the graphic. I mean, the Bills signed Von Miller. I mean, last I checked, Josh Allen is still the starting quarterback. They, they We still have Stephon Diggs. I mean, what really changed besides the Chiefs losing their best piece on offense and the rest of their division getting harder? Yo, um, do you remember when uh, – sorry to cut you off. Do you remember when – I remember last year uh, – it was on not this past season because Pat Mc, McAfee's been showing mad love um, to the Bills. And I'm not saying this isn't shit talking to show, but I remember his show and a couple other places not even talking about Stefan Diggs being the number two receiver in the league. They were talking more or less like who could come up and they were talking about the number one. And then, you know, and it was just like we've Devontae Adams. 
and 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 then skipping to number three, four, five. You know, wait, what the fuck is that? You know, you're totally right. And the thing is, man, is when you talk to the agents, bro, and this is where you're gonna get from the Numb Bills fan podcast is honesty from us, and and frankly, Ben. I, I had a call with somebody. I'm not going to say who it was, but she really helped me understand that Buffalo is a small fucking market. A very small market. Now, I'm going to do an episode myself, uh, maybe with a guest, about the stadium and my disagreements with it and how they hold these cities hostages for tax dollars. And as a resident of New Yorker an hour away um, in Rochester, New York, um, you know, I have a small business and I don't like what the fuck happens with my money from taxes and everybody else's. So what I'm getting at is if you rewind everything back, there is always, there always has been this Buffalo has been left out ship. And frankly, that's where this podcast came from, which is there wasn't many. You had Sal Capaccio with a little bit. A year before John Murphy started the John Murphy show, I wanted to do the Numbills fan podcast. It just took me, frankly, a couple blunts or bong rips, a lot of bong rips. Me and my underwear on my bed to decide to do it and make a logo and just do it, you know, Ben? And to have you on as a young whippersnapper, bro. Like, I'm 37. I started shit, I think, at 29 or 30. And, you know, we meet by going to the game in Miami together this year. Or we met there. And had a good time. And what I loved about you is how honest you were. And, and how you're like, you know, I don't think Rex Ryan was the worst. And, da, da, da. and all we've been looking for is these playmakers. And Rex Ryan got fucking talent to come here. And I thought LaShawn McCoy was the dumbest fucking trade the Eagles could have ever did. And now I think Stephon Diggs is the stupidest trade. Because, like, how do you... I know highlight reels are highlight reels, but, like, this dude is in traffic, catching a ball, rolling it up his fucking arm as he's sliding into, like, second base, okay, under a guy. This guy is up in the air, spectacular catch. I mean, if you ain't got man ultimate team, you better get your head out of your ass and build up your 99 Stephon Diggs card that I got. Because, like, dude, I could just do, like, 80 million podcasts about how much I like that the Bills are usable and fucking Madden. Thanks to Stephon Diggs. He's, like, help give the respect to the Bills. And, and you were telling me, bro, I'm going to spit it to you. I'll give you a little hot take. I can't really counter it, but I'm going to give you a minute of it. But what is your take on him compared to Devontae Adams? You brought up a great point, and I don't know if you you want to dive in. I know I'm just calling you out here. But compared to Devontae Adams, you said you would take Stephon Diggs, right? I mean, I would take Diggs just based off of the fact because I don't think you're going to get a stronger relationship between – Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, maybe out of any other quarterback and receiving duo in the NFL. I mean, I think Devontae Adams and Carr, they have some chemistry. I saw, like, there was a clip going on about how, like, uh, Derek Carr, like, promised uh, Devontae Adams a car if they play together. And now Devontae Adams like, well, should I buy a Ferrari or, like, a Lambo? And it was just going viral because, I mean, they play together in college, but – I remember, like, right before uh, the 2020 season, like, well, actually, much earlier, but right after the Bills traded for Diggs, like, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, immediately, what do they start doing to bond in the offseason? They start playing Call of Duty Warzone. You just look at them on the field. 
on the sidelines, how they interact on social media. I mean, is there a better fit for Josh Allen than Stephon Diggs? I mean, the two just love each other. And that's what you really need out of a wide receiver quarterback relationship. A lot of people looked at, you know, the AFC playoff game. It's like Diggs only had one receiving yard. It's like, oh, he's probably or one reception. He's probably unhappy, blah, 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 blah. You don't see Diggs pouting on social media saying, oh, why wasn't I targeted more? You know, that game allowed Dave or Gabriel Davis to have a record-setting day because Stefan Diggs drew so much coverage away from him. And having a guy like Diggs, even if he's not uh making a, a play every every time, he's allowing your offense uh to to you know, he's giving other guys opportunities, he's opening up the field for everyone else. And you brought up a good point about the running game. I think the running game is probably going to return within the next year or two because of the passing game. Last year, the Bills tried to establish the running game, and they ended up going back to the passing game. And I think that is something that their offense still needs to stay true to as their identity. They'll always be a pass-first offense with Josh Allen. He's just one of those players that you can't take the ball out of his hand, especially the the damage he can do as a quarterback. We saw in that playoff game against the Chiefs. Late in the game, he's a one person you want the ball in his hands. You can't take the ball out of his hands. That being said, a good passing game is going to open up the running game, and being able to run the football helps so much. I think um... – you just have a thinning of the rosters. That's why if you watch Belichick, um, you know, just really watch what he does because the, the league's going to go one way or another. And uh, if you have a copycat league, well, it just leaves a gap in the marketplace for it to be um, exploited. And one thing with McDermott that he's really good at is winning his divisional games. And I think that's extremely important. Um We said and we've been teasing that we're going to do an Aaron Fromer podcast. I'm trying to do it on the beach, but it's been fucking cold. And, like, as much shit as I talk, how funny things would be to do, like, in my lawn chairs on the beach, a Aaron Cromer, Bill's new offensive line, second time back in Buffalo, offensive line coach. I think he's great. Um, I think he is the – I love the offensive and defensive lines, man. Um, You know, everything starts there. And for him to be with the team, I feel like you could put uh, – we've already seen him do it. Uh, look at the transactions the Bills made when Cromer was here. Look who played. You know, you had Jordan Mills here for a fucking bag of footballs. You know, he was in Chicago not that great. But, like, you know – or not that great. He was young and drafted to Chicago. And, and, frankly, Aaron Cromer, if you need to be, could run the offense. I mean, he was an offensive coordinator under Trestman. And say what you want about him. But a lot of people, you know, it was cutting-edge offense-ish, okay? What it means to us is we're in good hands, and this run game is going to – I, I want to see Moss and Singletary behind this line adjusted, okay, behind, behind something pure and good good coaching, frankly. Stephon Diggs is the chess piece that takes the lid off. So when you get rid of Sammy Watkins, we could talk about his production, what's he done since, or either fucking way – You know this kid could take the lid off. Tyrod Taylor connect with him on so many deep balls, it's not even funny. 
And we can't forget that. So, like, when you're actually playing chess and you're the coach of the defense, okay, and you're looking at what the Bills have and you don't have that guy in Sammy Watkins until you get a Diggs as far as a chess piece. Does this mean Watkins is even close to Diggs? No. The point is you have to watch him. You have to pay attention to them. Was Watkins overhyped? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was used right. Obviously, you know, there's some other stuff that's come out since. But my point to you is for a fifth-round pick and Stephon Diggs to make this fucking team in the Vikings and get, you know, signed and traded, it's just crazy, you know, because he signed an $81 million contract extension, five-year deal with the Vikings in 2018 in the offseason of July. You know, um, and I don't know. I, I think the, the the work ethic is just, it's got to be through the roof. And like you were telling me before we went on air, man, a fifth-round pick has to work their ass off to get through to where he got to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at Diggs, him making the NFL, I mean – Look the college at, injuries? Yeah. I mean, just – I saw there was a tweet from the NFL where, where they did a pretty nice job the other day of, of kind of just – they did a mini thread going through Stefan Diggs's career and how basically, you know, on draft night, it doesn't matter where your name gets called as long as you put in the work put in the time because that's what Stefan Diggs did throughout his entire career. And honestly, he was drafted much later than he should have been, especially when you have guys like Sammy Coates getting picked ahead of him. And I mean, there's just a laundry list of, of guys taken ahead of him in that 2015 draft. And the closest one uh, you can really say that's been even in the same stratosphere as Stefan Diggs would be Tyler Lockett, but I don't think that's even really a fair comparison to Stefan Diggs because I think Stefan Diggs is much better of a wide receiver than yo, Tyler Lockett is. Yo, Ben, Ben, what's universal in sports, dude? I don't care if you're playing fucking curling. I don't care if you're playing pocket pool. It's all about goddamn finesse and getting into space, getting into open space. I picked up men's hockey late in life, and what's cool about that is I happened to start the podcast at the same time. So, yes, it's pro sports versus a men's locker room, but, like, make no mistake, I'll be going hard, and I still play. I haven't played lately, but I don't have health insurance, you know? And when these guys get paid, they have to love the game to stick around, you know? And I think that's a huge thing, man. And you can really look back through – this guy's career, man, and, and all the injuries he had in college that you were breaking down to me before, I couldn't believe it, you know? So it's good to see him out there floss a little bit. He's got some swag to him with, like, I, I, I like a player like that on a team. It, it It's a great work ethic mentality. Um, I believe that was his mom with him when he was signing his contract, hawking that pen, like, making sure all the paperwork's right. That's what my mom does for me. She is on me about my paperwork. You know, I don't even talk to her about some stuff because she's just like, damn, you know. So, um, Ben, I, I can't be more ecstatic because, like, like you, like we've been pretty much just glowing about. I know I just drifted off your point here because that's how I roll, I guess. But 
the most consistent receiver since him was really Stevie Johnson, who had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And, you know, he had 1,130 yards receiving on the Vikings, okay, with only 63 receptions, okay? That's fucking nuts, dude. That is absolutely nuts. And then on the Bills, 127 receptions for 1,500. He has the NFL record for uh, most consecutive games with at least six-plus receptions. NFL record, most consecutive games with at least six catches. I mean, six catches a game. I mean, that's consistency. I mean, that's talent. I mean, to, to be able – I mean, how many times do we see – you know, opposing defenses take out a, a team's number one weapon. I mean, either if it's a Patriots defense, Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, just the chess. The the Yo, chess. Gabe, Gabe David. Gabe Davis needs to be out there with him, man. Because if you well, no, he's going safety, to be. If you I can get those safeties moving, and he, oh my God, you're getting so much space. You know. And you know who else you have to add to the that offense? Who you can line up as a wide receiver? Yeah, a six-five tight end who can run a four-point-five-eight forty faster than Travis Kelsey. I know he had an Achilles uh, two years ago, but one thing that that I will say, Achilles probably is one of the toughest injuries to come back from uh, as an as an athlete. I mean, I would probably go as far as saying an Achilles injury is probably harder, you know, to return from than ACL. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, that's just from what I've heard and like what I've seen. I'm. Yeah, bro. I mean, like, I think that I think I think OJ. Like, I think this season, like, when you're a player who relies so much on your speed and coming back from like a an injury like that, I mean, obviously he was going to be a little hobbled. Let's see how he plays this year. But, I mean, Jamison Crowder, too. I mean, you have all these pieces. Duke Johnson who can catch the football. I mean, I think this is – I mean, the offensive talent, They yes, they lost Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. But what did they really lose? Two over 30-year-old wide receivers. You want to get younger at that position, not older. I mean – Obviously, you want to you want to keep Stephon Diggs, and looking at it from a money perspective, I mean, he's a top three paid wide receiver right now. That's money he definitely deserves. He's earned that money the last two seasons on the field for Buffalo. Hey, man, um, I know you got to get to work, bro. But we're going to talk about this more. Yeah, um, and, and I just want to throw it out there on the Bills. He is twenty seven hundred sixty receiving yards, and that is uh, almost as much as our favorite years of Stevie Johnson, which is my favorite receiver, because, again, you ain't got to be the fastest. You got to be smart. You got to have work ethic. If you can't run routes in the NFL, get the fuck off my team, bro. And I'm going to need to see more Gabe Davis because I have a fear that this coaching staff cannot identify and develop talent on the team, frankly, okay? I mean, uh, I have I have another, uh, not really a th- theory, but – this is just kind of, I guess, like a trend. Watch Gabe Davis this year because year three has been the breakout year. And I think AJ Epineza, too, I think he could could be kind of doing for a big year. This, but like Ed Oliver, bro. Dawson Knox, 
both had their best season, best seasons in their third year, which was this past season. Josh Allen, his like, best he, season by far is the third year. I mean, yeah, obviously, that, that that that's that's what you expect. But dude, you have to keep in mind. Uh, my point isn't that. My point is opportunity is going to breed that. It's going to happen. He hasn't had the opportunity. And I'm trying to say is well, frankly, that's kind of something that's that's that I think will kind of coincide with opportunity, third-year breakout. That opportunity is kind of going to help with that third-year breakout, you know? I mean, that's going to give him a lot more reps, which will allow him to shine. If Stephon Diggs was on the Bills as that fifth-round pick and McDermott was a coach, he does not start. Do you get my point? Maybe Gabe Davis is what I'm saying. Could have been good out the box, son. You know? But, um, but, but the thing is, I mean – Gabe Davis was good out of the box. I mean, right. he, he showed promises first two seasons. The thing is, how many other receivers did the Bills have? I mean, when they had last year, they had John Brown, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley was an all-pro wide receiver in the slot. They had Stephon Diggs. I mean, Dawson Knox. I mean, how there's only so many footballs. Josh Rowe, as it is in the 2020 season, the 2020 Allen set a record – NFL record for the most touchdown passes to a different wide receiver. That that record is held by Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback. So that's so wild, dude. I know, and and that's a crazy thing in perspective. I mean, honestly, I mean the fact that you know Allen threw touchdowns to so many different players, and Gabe Davis was allowed to shine as a fourth round pick, and now. He, you know, he's earned the playing time where the Bills, you know, can afford to move on uh, from Cole Beasley and from Emmanuel Sanders. So, I mean, yes, I, I agree a little bit that Gabe Davis maybe should have gotten more playing time. But, again, there really wasn't a lot of playing time uh, for him to even get out the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, the Diggs contract. Ben. ben. Yes. Go to work, dude. It's three twenty-five. You got to get out of here. What do you I got it. I mean, I'm good, bro. I mean, I'm I'm just excited because Diggs, the Bills, typically we the Bills haven't really done a good job of of keeping our guys. And Diggs is Buffalo. Yes, we didn't draft him, but he's embraced Buffalo. He's been a huge part of this locker room. He's done it on the field. He deserves the money. Top three wide receivers in production and in pay. He deserves it, but we'll talk more on this going forward. Yeah, but bro. Get it, your ass to work, and don't forget one thing with Diggs. Any listeners and, and you, Ben, you had to overpay these guys. There's a New York tax. I want to dive into that deeper. Um, I think when we talk to a cap guy, which we've talked about pre-roll, we'll talk to Kevin Masseri or somebody who's good with the cap. Maybe I'll ask Ryan Talbot, somebody good that knows the hell they're talking about. So I could talk about taxes in New York compared to Florida, compared to Los Angeles, compared to Montana. Compared to even so that's Florida, that's where uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, but when you put, put it in perspective, uh, when you look at Tyreek Hill getting $72 million guaranteed and getting $120 million over four years, Stephon Diggs getting $96 million. The I mean – Diggs basically took a $25 million hometown discount with higher yep. state taxes, if you think about and it. A, I, would take, I would take Diggs over Tyreek Hill. 
Call oh, I mean, that's not even a that, – that's not even – Hill is a gayer. I mean, he's, gives a, he's given the Bills nightmares in the playoffs, but, I mean, I'm just going to – I'm not going to really talk on Tyreek Hill. I think this season – Bro, he – yo, yo, I think yo. the follow after the trade is just going to speak for itself. I mean, the Chiefs – the Chiefs aren't as good. The Dolphins are are gonna fall flat on their face. Uh, I mean, with Tua, let's be honest. I mean, I I don't have anything against Tua. I really don't. I've always been pulling for Tua. I like him, but he I just don't think he has it as an, to be an NFL quarterback. I think all of these Dolphins fans that you know are getting overhyped are gonna be eating a lot of crow this season. But I mean, that's all the time I have, Dave. Uh, it was great talking to you. So. Hey, yo, thanks for being up my ass. No homo to do a podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's continue this this week because, like, the draft is coming up. We got some, like, important position groups to really dive into because, like, do the Bills – what – you know, we've talked so much about this roster. What does it need? Obviously, probably a cornerback, but dude, Bean's been knocking it out of the park. And if they exactly everything, and, and, and here's the thing: yo, literally yo, every about- here's the thing: literally every week, we're we're you know we've just been on Twitter talking. Okay, this is what the Bills need to do. Two days later, Brandon Bean does it. So I mean, cornerback is something that we've been talking about, and who knows. By the next time we have another show, we could be, you know, reviewing, uh, you know, the terms to a Stefan Diggs con- or not Stefan Diggs, a Stefan Gilmore contract or the trade agreements, you know, to, to Bradbury. So Bean, I think you're right. I think Bean has something up his sleeve, but it's going to be interesting because this draft and with the draft coming up, we definitely need to do some more episodes on this. But with the needs of this roster and how this draft is stacking up, I honestly think the Bills are going to – I really think the Bills are going to do a trade. And it's either going to be up or down. They might stay stay put and and pick the best player available. But I'm, I'm right now I'm kind of 50-50 on BPA versus trade. And that's just how the draft is set up. But, uh, I mean, obviously I got to go, but – Love to talk more about this. Uh, love talking bills with you. Uh, you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, we'll do it, bro. Let's hit it, man. I just posted this join up to Instagram. Little awareness here. Call to action. Um, have a great day. All right, Ben. All right, bro. It was, it was great talking to you about the bills as always. All right, man. Take care, Ben. I'm going to soliloquy out. Peace. Peace. Find Ben on Twitter. That's Ben. Gramado, he's the best. Love Ben. He's the shit. Uh, very motivated. Very motivated. I would say without him on me, I don't know if I'd be podcasting as much. Um, I get very motivated, but uh, frankly, I've been motivated about life lately and focusing on tightening up a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not good at spinning a lot of plates and working on my mental health. And uh, I love the bills. To a degree, I don't love them more than my mental health. That said, there are topics I'm very passionate about, which is like throwing the wrench in plans. So there are some signings that 
I think I want to talk about that have flown under the radar. And um, they may be expensive or not. So we can talk about it. I want to talk about the stadium stuff. I don't agree with all the tax money going to a stadium. I think if you're not paying attention to that, I, I don't know if, frankly, you're very good with your money. You have a lot of money. Your parents give you a lot of money. You're third generation, a lot of money. Or you just love the bills so much that you don't chop off your limbs for the bills, including your family's income. And maybe you just have an awesome job. I don't know. But a lot of money into a stadium when right next to it you see $800 million of school or infrastructure for schools being closed, something like that. It's on my Twitter, at NumBillsFan, and on Instagram, at NumBillsFan. So I'm your host here for checking out, and that was Ben as well, co-host. So I'm your host, David Palermo, and take care. Thank you, everybody. Subscribe everywhere. Um, a lot of fire content creators out there. The Buffalo Fanatics are always fun. Cover one, you want to get really deep, go there. And also there's other content creators on Cover One as well that are more like, I would say, like myself, as in just free-flowing, okay? So take care. Love you all. I really appreciate all the listeners over the years. And thank you so much.